0: there, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Today, I'm in conversation with Paul Greenberg. He's the author of Four Fish. His latest book, The Omega Principle, Seafood and the Quest for a Long Life and a Healthier Planet has just come out. In his latest book, Paul Greenberg explores the question, how can we eat in a way that is good for us and our planet? Best-selling author of Four Fish, Paul Greenberg explores the history, science, and business behind omega-3 fatty acids in search for an answer. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Paul Greenberg. Tell me a little backstory about, obviously, I know you've written Four Fish and American Catch, but tell me what led you to write this one.
1: Well, in short uh, middle age, um, <laughs> I was,
0: uh, <laughs> it happens. I love honesty.
1: <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, you're right, so i I'm you know had written a couple of seafood books and um you know a very big fisherman myself, and was sort of skipping along in my youthful way, and then the forties happened all of a sudden, and mm-hmm. suddenly I was finding you know all these sort of midlife things were affecting me, I was having joint issues, I was having blood pressure issues and cholesterol issues and all those kinds of things and um when uh I would sort of in the middle of the night you know wake up and Google homeopathic cures for all these kinds of things. Um, Omega-3s inevitably popped up to the top of the Google search, and so, you know, I realized that, you know, meanwhile when I do public presentations about my other books, yes, uh, people are always coming up to me, especially older people, were saying, you know, well, what about the omega-3s? What about this? Yes. And then I suddenly realized that, you know, this was on people's minds, and it was now on my mind, and it was a mystery. I didn't know what omega-3s did, and so. I thought it was, you know, you should always follow your curiosity when you're uh, writing something, and that was yes. where my
0: curiosity led me. I know sometimes you don't know where your next idea is going to come from, and then, you know, things come up and you need to pay attention.
1: You do. You do. The world is speaking to you. You just have to listen.
0: Uh, now, it's called the Miracle Compound, um, but its I always find it interesting. I go to the health expo here, and I eat very healthy, but... It seems like, you know, this business of omega-3 has become such hype, like you don't even know the quality of what you're getting and what you're taking. (laughs) Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, I mean,
1: well, so, you know, it's interesting. Part of the research for this book, I went to the Global Organization for EPA and DHA Omega-3 fatty acid conference at the Ritz-Carlton in um, the Canary Islands. Oh, you poor thing. I'm (laughs) so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. I had to go to the Amalfi Coast for this book, too. It was really Uh, hard. Um, But, yeah, it it was interesting. At that conference, you know, there were various, you know, cardiologists doing their thing about cardiology, neurologists Mm -hmm. doing their things about brains. But then the most interesting interesting presentation was by this uh, marketer who had done a sort of customer analysis of what people were looking for uh when they were going for omega 3s and and why why they were doing it. Okay. And after doing this survey, she did this sort of sketch of the arc of life and she showed how people in their 40s and 50s are the ones most susceptible to taking omega 3s. And when they described what they thought omega 3s were doing, what they thought was they were helping them extend what they called The Indian Summer of Life. What is is that? such a beautiful... Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So so the idea is that, you know, we all in our middle age, we start to experience decline, and then we start worrying about the big decline, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like we're all sort of, we sort of, ha-ha, make fun of middle age, but like what if something really serious happens? Right. And so they're looking for something to make the arc of that decline not so extreme, Mm -hmm. that somehow we might enjoy this last 30, 40 years in a, in a relatively pleasant way, and then all of a sudden we hit like 85 and boom, we'd be dead. So that's the, the, that's the, the message <laughs> that omega-3s are in, embracing, yeah. when in point of fact what they're truly offering are possibly reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, possibly reduced risk of things like Alzheimer's. So it's not necessarily that they will kind of bestow us with this warm glow. It's that they possibly reduce certain risks that we might encounter um, you know, in our midlife to our late life.
0: Now, Paul, is it also that it reduces inflammation in your body?
1: Well, so, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's one of the possible pathways of it. Um, you know, this came into our consciousness after these two doctors, um, Hans Bang and Jorn Dyerberg, mm-hmm. went to Greenland, and they observed um, very low rates of cardiovascular disease in uh, Inuit populations and also very high levels of omega-3s in their blood. And then later in vitro, they were able to show that there were reactions that happened that seemed to lead um, away from platelet aggregation and away from inflammation. And those two things uh, generally are connected to cardiovascular events with inflammation and platelet aggregation. So the idea was that omega-3s might dispel all that. Um, I think they have a role in it. Um, You know, what is interesting, there's a pretty good article that I referenced in the book by Jerome Grootman called the inflamed it was in the new yorker and it was talking about how you ever notice how everyone is obsessed with inflammation yes. these
0: days yes. it's just
1: like it's, it's like arthritis word, you know, yeah you know,
0: lupus i hear yeah. inflammation yeah. um
1: but when you look at what it you know causes inflammation it's we don't really understand all of the root causes of it there are so many different you know there's huge amounts of of money is being devoted to inflammation research and omega-3 certainly do have a role in inflammation but as i say in the book whether that's a starring role or a, sporting, a supporting role, we don't know. And so that's why I think there's been some dubious um, uh, findings or findings lately that have cast doubt on the central role omega-3s might play in inflammation.
0: Yes. I always thought that diet, you know, if, if, you, if you consume, you know, diet soda and different things that are considered inflammatory, that's going to affect you if you have rheumatoid arthritis or lupus. That's what I I've mean, heard. you know, there are many
1: different dietary vectors, and you know, I have to yeah. tell you, you know, one of the things that happens to me as as the as the being a writer in the particular discipline that I'm in. Yes. Basically, I can be selling out selling any book, and anyone and people ask me any question right. about fish.
0: You know, just <laughs> my and just
1: as you and and what I, I'm I'm sort of new to the health space because of this book. Okay. And what I found is you know just because I've written a book that has yeah. connections to health. I get every question about health. So, like, diet soda? <laughs> Not in the book. <laughs>
0: but, How many, but, yeah. but it might. How many teeth does a salmon have versus a halibut? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, would, you wouldn't believe it. It's, it's amazing. Oh, my God. But, I
0: mean, I, at, at the same time,
1: you know, while I, sometimes I'm, l- like, a little befuddled by those questions, sure. just because I like to be, you know, I like to be information positive, mm-hmm. and um, I don't like to say, I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, and, and actually, over the years, I've accrued, such a body of knowledge about fish and seafood and a certain kind of body of knowledge that's not you know wonky science just like sure. kind of cool stuff like here's a good, here's a good one did okay. you know that if um... finding nemo were to really follow what really happens with clownfish biology that after nemo's mother was eaten by the barracuda the yeah. most likely thing that would have happened in real biology is that nemo would have changed genders and mated with his father
0: Really? (laughs) (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) Fish fish are polymorphously perverse. I mean, fish are very quick to change genders, and there's even a a memory uh, memory uh, reminder tool that um, fish biologists use. um, uh, Was it hot chicks and cool dudes? Because hotter water tends to produce female fish, and cooler water tends to produce male fish.
0: So, when's your animated film coming out? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I have a TED Talk, but I haven't done an animated film. Oh my I mean, gosh. that's the thing. Yeah. You know, what fascinates me about the ocean and really why I wrote The Omega Principle is there are so many interesting little detours that you can take, and I try to take some of them in the course of the book. I mean, it is really fascinating, for example, that omega-3s are not actually created by fish in the first place. They're actually created by uh, phytoplankton, oh. and phytoplankton are the real, they're very... Instrumental and key to, hum- to living the, the living world. I mean, one out of every two breaths that we take, the oxygen is from phytoplankton. What, what exactly, um, Paul? The,
0: excuse me. What exactly is a phytoplankton?
1: Oh, sorry about that. It's, um, okay. it's plankton. It's these little microscopic creatures that live in the ocean. Phytoplankton are the pho- photosynthetic. They're like little little tiny plants. Okay. Not exactly, you know, biologists would skewer me for saying they're plants, but okay.
0: they're
1: pre-plants, let's say. Pre-plants and, um, that are yeah, eaten they, by
0: the salmon. Is that? Or let's say, for instance. That,
1: there if you want the real pathway it's that phytoplankton are eaten by zooplankton which okay. are zoo from the greek for animal yes. and then those zooplankton are eaten by little fish and then the little fish are eaten by bigger oh. fish and the medium sized fish are eaten by the very biggest fish so <laughs> that's more or less the way it works that's and if you don't have the phyto, if you don't have the phytoplankton right if that gets out of whack and that's part of the thing that I look at in the omega principle you have the potential to really pull the rug out from underneath the entire marine ecosystem interestingly i mean that's the secret sort of leading character of this book, and granted, I realized I would not get a single reader if it was only about this, but phytoplankton are really key, Mm
0: -hmm. and that's
1: one small message of a much bigger picture that I wanted to paint when I wrote this book.
0: It's really fascinating to understand that, though. Um, And so as far as the omega principle, it's a system of eating and producing food that's both good for our bodies and our planet. Yes, yeah. Well, so in the end, I concluded that, you know, supplements, not so sure
1: that's the best way to go. What we really need to do is to change our way of eating. And oddly enough, you know, I think the sort of kind of binary people out there might think, oh, I want to save the ocean, I should stop eating fish. Mm -hmm. But it's really not as simple as that. What we really need to do is think about eating things that are restorative to the ocean. So things like clams, oysters, mussels, these are all uh, things that we can grow that actually make the water cleaner and make habitat for smaller fish. Um, It also means, the omega principle also means eating some of these small oily fish that typically get overharvested by the um, by the reduction industry which turns them into fertilizer and animal feed and dietary supplements so instead of that whole kind of industrial pathway my suggestion is that we try to eat those fish directly and eat, eat fewer them fewer of them than the industry takes out for industrial purposes I see. Um, the other part of the omega principle is trying to lighten our burden on the land. Um, Currently, we eat about 210 pounds of land food animal meat a year and only 15 pounds of seafood. Um, I think, you know, for a Mediterranean diet pattern where we would only eat a couple of meals of, of animal protein a week, which is what a lot of Nutritionists now say is probably the best way to go mm-hmm. if we were to do that, lighten our load on the on the on the land food production and to eat sustainably raised and sustainably caught fish, I think that would lead to a much less carbon intensive food economy and to a more balanced
0: planet yeah, no, it's great now, where can people find out more about you?
1: So they can go to my website, which is paulgreenberg.org, dot org dot com org I think paulgreenberg.com might be a lawyer, <laughs> but um, org, And um, and um, they can also just Google the title, um, Omega Principle, a um, bunch of news and stuff is up there. And the book is available through Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, but also hopefully your local bookstore will also carry it.
0: Is there anything else you would like listeners to know about the book?
1: Well, I just would say that, you know, once upon a time, a marine ecologist who's a great writer, Um, I asked him his advice for writing a book that would bring people to the ocean. He said, you know what, ultimately people aren't interested about fish. People are not interested in fish, they're interested in people. Mm -hmm. And in the end, this book is really about lots of good personalities in this book and a lot of engaging characters, and I would hope that people wouldn't be put off by the idea and thinking that this is just some chemistry rant.
0: Right. I mean, it's really interesting. It makes total sense. Here you wrote um, this book for fish, an American Catch, it seems like a nice addition to what you've written.
1: I hope so. It's. I call it my marine trilogy. So, you know, as they say in the advertising, buy them, buy all three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one last question. The name of my show is Get the Funk Out. How did that whole experience of writing this book and traveling so far uh, and doing all this research, did it kind of nurture you and help you through this time of feeling like you were aging and all that? It did you
1: know I think that one was the thing that was most inspiring about the um the research that I did is that almost everyone I interviewed was probably fifty years old or older mm-hmm. and showed no sign of fatigue, showed no sign of kind of boredom. They were all in their own way very engaged in what they were doing, and all of them in one way or another were engaged in trying to find balance in the planet. Um, so I guess what I took away from that is You know, it's really things like the supplement industry that would like to convince us that our life is a series of phases. You know, and you look at, like, say, the auto industry, right? Right. Every phase they try to sell us a different car, right? We get, like, a a little coupe when we're, you know, 25 and can't afford it, then we get a four-door, and then we get an SUV, and then finally for our midlife crisis we get a sports car. So I wanted to get away from And I've really tried to stop thinking about my life in terms of phases and really try and think about the whole thing. And that's why I recommend the whole fish rather than the pill.
0: I think it's great because, like I said earlier, you don't really know what you're taking and the quality of what you're taking.
1: That's right. And a fish is a fish.
0: Exactly. Well, thank you for that profound end of our conversation. A fish is a fish. My pleasure.
1: (laughs) And I hope you get your funk out. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you. Uh, Paul, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Take care. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.